0: Everybody should try it once, at
1: least once. And the hardest part of my job is the second part of our name, the word adventure, because everyone hears that word and thinks, oh, I need to be bare grills to go on this trip. Or, you know, as Sarah said, I've worked hard. I've got all this time off. I don't want to go and sweat on my holidays. You know, I want to relax.
2: So that was Stu and Sarah talking about getting just a little bit adventurous with your holidays and we're going to be hearing more from them in today's episode because this is episode number five of the Travel Podcast and today we're going to be getting a little bit adventurous and talking about touring holidays. But don't be put off by the name or the idea. I think you're going to love this
3: you're listening to the travel podcast
2: travel podcast
3: today's most exciting travel destinations brought to you by people with a real passion for travel great holiday ideas real reviews practical advice and all the best deals in one simple podcast the travel podcast now here is your host steve witt
2: Hey, and welcome to the Travel Podcast, where we aim to inspire you with some brilliant news, views, and behind-the-scenes look at some of the most amazing destinations in the world. I'm Steve Wick, co-founder of one of the UK's biggest travel companies, and as always, I'm joined by a rotating team of travel experts. They all work in travel, Uh, they're travel experts, but most importantly, they're passionate about traveling the world. Today's no different. We're joined by Matthew, Jules, and Lauren. They're all super passionate about travel, and particularly about what we're talking about today which is adventure travel or often called touring uh, holidays and our aim today is to debunk or demyth that sort of area because you might be thinking this really isn't the sort of holiday I'm interested in but trust me after listening to this I think you're going to change your mind because this is a super exciting area of travel and one uh, which we know more and more people are sort of getting into. Growth in this area of travel has sort of gone exponential in the last 12 months. So if you want to find out why, then listen to today's episode. And we're going to start by introducing two amazing experts, Stu and Sarah, who both work within very specific areas of this type of holiday. And we're going to start, like I say, with Matthew, introducing Sarah.
4: Sarah, if you could just give us a, a bit more background about yourself um, and the two companies that you work for in the tra- in the touring industry.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Thank you very much for having me. Um, As Matthew said, I'm Sarah from Travelsphere and Just You. Travelsphere is a classic touring company and uh, Just You is a specialist in solo travel. So uh, first of all, I'll tell you about Travelsphere and why I think uh, group touring is particularly good and why everybody should try it once, at least once. Um, so for me, I think you know we are all so busy in life um, and holidays are so precious to us now, and everybody wants to make the most of every holiday that they've got. And I just think by taking a group guided tour, it means that you don't need to worry about the travel, any arrangements, you don't need to worry about how you get from one place to another, or even if you're going to see all the key sites. At the end of the day, all of this is taken care of as part of your group uh, guided tour. And also, I think nowadays we want to experience more from a destination. We really wanna get out there and soak all the atmosphere and the culture, immerse ourselves in any destination that we visit. And I think we all want to come home feeling a little bit better about ourselves and enriched having been to a destination. So I just think by taking a guided tour, you just let somebody else take the strain, plan all the logistics for you, you don't need to worry about it. When you visit all the places that you want to see, so those main attractions, they're always as part of your guided tour. So you'll be able to uh, skip any queues that are in place, which is great. We all don't like to queue when we're on holiday and see those destinations really at the best time of day. And one example that I give that we do at TravelSphere is we take our customers to see the Taj Mahal at sunrise. So there's nobody else there. It's a great, great place to see it. And you get those iconic pictures that you can share with all your friends when you get home as well. So, and, and also for me, when you travel as part of a guided tour, you're always travelling with like-minded people. I think a lot of people think, oh, as part of a group, will I get on? But if, if you think about it, you're all travelling for the same purpose. You're travelling because you've got a similar interest. And it's a great way to meet new people, have new friends maybe, but also take the time on your own and freedom as well, which I know we're going to touch on in a bit later on. And, you know, when you choose a guided tour, it's always important to do your research And it's something that Stu and I can talk about a bit as we move forward in this um, podcast. But you need to consider all the places that you want to visit. And importantly, always consider the size of group that you're happy to travel in as well. Guided tours can range from anything from one or two people to over 50. Um, And at Travelsphere, we believe that it's important to find the perfect group size to allow the customers to get the most of a destination. And Travelsphere groups range from 15 to 35 people. But even at 35 people, just remember that's only 17 couples. So some touring companies will have over 50 people, which that might be a bit too hectic for you. And in fact, for us, the majority of our tours run around on 30 people. So it's important to help everybody have the right experience, be at the heart of a destination and get the most on their holiday. So group size is really, really important. And of course, on every tour, whether you travel with TravelSphere, just you or any or G Adventures or any other company, you'll always be accompanied by a tour manager. And tour managers play such a crucial part. They have experience in the destination, they know all about where they're going, and they can tell you all of those little secrets and hidden gems about a destination. So for me, that's a synopsis of group touring. Um, Travel sphere encompasses all of those. Um, but I
4: also know G Adventures specialise in the small group adventure touring, and Stu can tell you about that as well. Yeah, perfect. That, thank you, Sarah. And Stu, yeah, if you could uh, obviously delve into a bit more about the small group and adventure touring sides, uh, especially something that G Adventures specialise in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as you guys heard, we're called G Adventures, and the hardest part of my job is the second part of our name, the word adventure. Because everyone hears that word and thinks, "Oh, I need to be bare grills to go on this trip, or you know, as Sarah said, "I've worked hard, I've got all this time off, I don't want to go and sweat on my holidays i you know I want to relax, and what I would say to that is maybe substitute that word in your mind for experience you know we are as Sarah said, this style of travel is all about experiencing the destination. it's really about coming back and and being able to reel off an entire list of different things that you you tried, different foods that you tried, different places you visited, the people you met. It's not about, you know, um, being overly fit or, um, or being bare grills, as I said. So, yeah, we also believe that small groups is kind of a really nice way to travel. I think people have this perception of touring as 50 people on a coach. You know, you have to move seats every day. You know, our average group size is 12, um, our maximum is 16. So, you know, that means you can all sit around kind of one big table at a restaurant or maybe two tables, you know, check in when it comes to checking in at a hotel you know, it's, it's going to be nice and speedy as well. And you can travel on some really unique types of transport um, as well because, you know, when you've got a smaller group like that, you can sometimes jump in a couple of tuk-tuks together. If you're in Asia, you know, it's a really nice way to be able to get around and be a bit more nimble as well. You're not waiting for the 49th person to come back from the souvenir shop and wondering where mm-hmm. they are. You know, you can be a bit more nimble, which is really nice. Uh, we also have a lot of flexibility built in. so. If you're on a trip with us, you know, there's quite often half the day will be planned where you're with our uh, CEO, which is our uh, Chief Experience Officer, the name we give to our guides. So you'll be with them, but the afternoon may be free. You know, and you can follow the CEO and you can go to a temple or you can go to a restaurant, or you can just chill and read a book by the by the pool. You know, these are not the heavily you know, uh, regimented kind of trips. where you have to follow a flag and go from one place to the next uh, whilst following a clock. Um, you know, there is a lot of flexibility in there, which I think is really helpful. And as Sarah mentioned, you know, you've got people from different parts of the world, you've got kind of a lot of different like-minded people. Um, For us, we have about a hundred nationalities travel with us each year. So as well as the destination you're visiting, you know, the people that are actually on the trip, there's a bit of spice of life in there as well that you'll be meeting people from different countries. And I personally have a lot of Facebook friends, which I think I've met once um and then hardly spoken to again but you know if i end up in milwaukee um then i'll have someone to stay with potentially um so i guess that's just a quick summary of kind of what we have small group escorted touring with a local guide um yeah that's not too regimented or adventurous <laughs>
4: that sounds sounds ideal and i know um Jules, Lauren, and myself have all been on, actually, a G Adventure, uh trip, which we'll go into a bit more detail of our own experiences, uh, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, and obviously, I did mention uh, solo group <laughs> tours, which is kind of ironic in a way, I suppose some people may think well, if you're listening, um, where you're thinking, well, how can you go on a group tour if you're on your own? But I'll let Sarah um, mention that. And, and obviously, Sarah also, um, Represent uh, Just You or works with uh, for Just You which specializes in the solo travel group so can you just give us a bit more information on on how all that works Sarah?
0: Yeah of course no problem um so travel sphere is mainly for couples we do welcome solo travelers as well but we um over 15 years ago we created a brand called Just You and Just You um, is solely for solo travelers so it's all about traveling solo, but never alone. And really for any solo traveler to travel as part of a group is just a perfect way to experience any destination. Um, and every single tour we craft is uh, specifically with a tour um, solo traveler in mind. So it's not just a spin-off of another tour that we do. It's specifically thinking, what would the solo traveler want? What would they like to experience? And what they, do they want to get out of it as well? Um, for us, it's really important on a just you holiday that every solo traveler has a room to themselves. not just a single room it's a double or a twin so they're not in a pokey single room at the back or under a cupboard anywhere um always a double or a twin and there's never a single supplement as well so the price that the customer sees is the price that they pay as well so it's very transparent and, and as i say built the solo customer Um, we've got we cover everything so flights transportation and literally with our solo travellers every step away. So I know how nerve-wracking it can be the first time, going away on your own, even actually just going to an airport on your own can be quite frightening for people. Um, And I totally understand that as well. So we meet you at every major airport as well. So there's always a representative there to meet you with a Just You sign, to help you through the check-in, travel through. And then if you're on a worldwide holiday, you'll also have a lounge at the airport. And you can often see people, and we've got purple luggage labels that we give everyone. And you can see them looking out for one another, checking each other out at the airport, thinking, oh, you're on my holiday as well. And you see the community starts to develop there as well. Um, with all um, our tours, every solo traveller can expect to have a welcome get together. So they meet each other if they haven't already on the plane. And really, when you're a solo traveller, I think travelling as part of a guided tour it goes back to the shared experiences. I know Stu's mentioned it for Geo Adventures and I covered it for Travel Sphere as well, but it really is about to, uh, by, about being able to tell someone about your day. And it's about being able to share the things you saw or the new food you tasted or maybe the wine tasting trip that you went on that day. And not just have a selfie in front of a, um, a major attraction, but actually be able to say to somebody, you take my picture and wow, look at that. Isn't that amazing? So it's about that shared experience. You're all in the same boat. And that's something that anybody who's thinking about traveling on their own should consider. Every single person on a just you holiday is a solo traveler. So there might be some first timers on there that have never been away before. There might be others that have traveled for years with us and actually just love love it and keep coming back again. But everybody comes together as like-minded people. And again, going back to the tour managers, it's really, really important for us that we select the right tour managers for just you holiday. We need to be able to identify who wants to be involved in the group, who maybe wants to step back and just take a little time out to themselves, and who maybe really just is a little bit shy in coming forward. And then um, the tour managers help bring them in and also help recommend them great places to eat and visit in a destination and just create those memories of a lifetime for them. And the best tip I would give anybody if they're thinking of travelling solo is just try it take the plunge i know it's scary i know it's nerve-wracking but i promise once you take that first solo guided tour with just you there's absolutely no going back and you'll be a serial booker without fail i guarantee
4: (laughs) well it's i know we've touched on a lot of why people would choose a touring holiday and what you both have just been talking about there on obviously like this you mentioned getting really delving into the culture really getting the experience the the CEOs or the tour guys that can really point you in the right direction. And it isn't, it isn't. as you mentioned, the whole, the whole this is us, is us listening. We've got to follow everything constantly do and, and get it done in our own. You have a lot more time to yourself to explore. Because I think some people assume that actually on a tour, you've got to follow the flag and follow them and you've got to do everything that they do. Whereas obviously what you've both just described through through the businesses that you work for, it is you do have that freedom to really delve into the. It's just an added benefit that you've got those that great experience and that, um, that comfort of having that tour guide there with you. So talking about so trying to debug some of the myths. Um, I know Lauren and and Jules have got some questions to put to you. Um, so if we start, if I let the girls, if you want to start off.
5: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, I think there are some misconceptions that people do have when you think sort of about doing a touring adventure or a trip or something like that. Um, And I know that I definitely had some before I went away on one. Um, I think one of the main ones is that a lot of people think adventure touring is mainly just for like young backpackers, so that you've got to be super fit and active to go and do it. But that isn't necessarily the case, is it?
1: no no certainly not i mean at the moment the word adventure could be used when you try and go to tesco you know the word adventure is something different to everyone and i'm sure if you said to your grandparents you know oh um would you like to go to china or somewhere that we might think is a bit more mainstream you know or even italy somewhere that's perhaps a bit more accessible for people to travel they might say well that's a bit of an adventure for me so it is important to know that adventure is different for everyone and for some people climbing everest is the adventure they want We don't offer Everest. You can't climb it with us. And we have no trips that have mandatory skydiving or bungee jumping or anything like that. You know, nothing at all. But uh, we do have some trips, just to give you an example. Like we have sailing in the Maldives. You don't have to work very hard on that. You don't have to do much at all other than just lay around, enjoy the sunshine, some cocktails, find yourself on some secluded islands. You know, that is adventure because you're not, I guess, how we would define adventure is that it's the experience, it's beyond the hotel. You know we've all been to hotels and potentially we've not even remembered what the hotel itself was like because we've just it's very similar to other places we've been but you know you go somewhere like Maldives sailing you know it's nice relaxing and you remember the experiences and the snorkeling and things like that so yeah is it for young people yes but it's also for our record holder is 92 years old so it's for 92 year old people as well and everyone in between
6: i know as well um actually on the g adventures you have um like a rating don't you of how physical you expect each tour to be do you have something similar sarah on your tours um we rate our tours in different categories of um classic
0: leisurely and relaxed touring so when they um so it gives you an idea a classic tour would be maybe your bucket list multiple destinations so that's probably a little bit more active because you're moving around Um, But um, a leisurely tour might be in one or two hotels, so it's a bit more laid back. Um, But we do actually have some walking tours specifically with Just You, for solo travellers. And we do have a little um, guide in there on how hard the walking is, and maybe how far each day you need to walk. But it's, um, I'd say our average age for both Travelsphere and Just You is around 55 to 60. Although uh, we are actually open-ended for just June, and it's quite um, it's quite interesting to see the mix of ages that you get on a tour. You know, for us there might be a thirty-year-old experiencing their first Verona Opera experience, and then there could be a couple of more mature ladies that like to go away together. They just like to have separate rooms on the same tour, um, and they have this shared experience because they're all going this once-in-a-lifetime experience of seeing the Verona Opera, you know, in the summer. So and um, it's, it's definitely open age for us um, and I'd go back to what Stu said, adventure means different things to different people, you know for just you customer might, might be going to the airport for the first time that's a big adventure on their own and then taking that holiday and um, but for others it like Stu said it could be sailing around the Maldives so I know where I'd rather be right now, sailing around the Maldives. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah they mentioned as well that um both of your um operators they um do give you time for yourself so it's not a you know rammed itinerary with right here then you've got to be at here eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock there are some flexibilities is that right between both of you so if we go first to Stew.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So like I mentioned, we've always got that local guide, and they'll have suggestions for what you're doing that day, Um, but sometimes it's just open for what you'd like to do. Um, An example I'd actually give is on a trip I was in China, there was a couple that were recently married, so every night they went out for their own dinner, uh, separate from the group, and did their own evening activities, whatever that was, uh, being recently married. Um, and they didn't hang with the group during the evening, but during the daytime, they were with us. And I think that was a really nice flexibility that you could be on your honeymoon, but go on a small group trip, which I must admit, when I met them, I thought that was a bit odd. I thought maybe you'd want to be off in the Maldives, like most people's perception of a honeymoon. But they wanted that small group experience. They wanted to travel through a different destination, um, meeting other people. But they wanted that freedom to have their own time, you know, alone if if they wanted
0: yeah, and I think um, same for travel sphere and just you, you know, I mentioned earlier on that a lot of our tours maybe have one hotel and then lots of dis- different excursions throughout the week. Now, it's up to you to do as many or as little of those excursions as you want. So one day you might just think, well, actually, I'm just going to lay around the hotel, read my book, just have some time out for myself. Um, and then another uh, another part of giving more flexibility and freedom, as Stu referred to as the evening meals, and... We don't always include evening meal on every single night because who wants to go away in an amazing destination and just eat in the same place every single evening? You want to go out, you want to try local cuisine, you want to get involved in various different things like that. So, you know, it's really, really important that we offer freedom and flexibility to our customers in in any way possible, um, as much as giving them um, as much included and value for money as we can too.
5: And I know Matthew you mentioned earlier as well some people when they think about going on a tour they kind of just picture themselves in a big group following a tour leader with a flag but that's not necessarily the case Um, and it wasn't on our G Adventures one although we did have to follow the leader because we were in the jungle We couldn't exactly go rogue Um, but it wasn't just like in a massive line following the flag Um, and it's definitely not like that at all really is it?
0: Uh, No, not really, no. I mean, it depends on where you go and what time of year you go. Um, I think one of the biggest preconceptions about any group touring is there's somebody walking in front, the flag held high, and shouting at everybody and herding them along like sheep. And it really isn't that. And that, again, goes back to thinking about the group size and what's important to you. As Stu mentioned, his group sizes range from um, small groups up to 16, and we're 15 to 35. So it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, But we offer um, at TravelSphere and Just You these little headsets. So the tour guide will have um, the microphone and with the headset and everybody else in the group will have a headset and they can wander around, visit a destination, but they can almost just wander off a little bit from the group and immerse themselves in that culture and architecture of the places that they're visiting or the landscape and just lose themselves for that moment while still getting that enhanced knowledge of um, the destination that they're in. But I'm never going to promise there won't be a flag. That's the thing. <laughs> because with a very crowded destination and you're in Pisa and it's the peak season and it's summer, there might be somebody just waving a flag to make sure you know where you are. But I'll I'll guarantee you'll appreciate that flag when you see it at that point. So, because uh, no one wants to get lost. But I'd say going back to group size, it that is really key when you're thinking about where you're travelling. I don't think I personally would want to be in a group of 50 going around Nashville and, um, you know, Graceland or whatever like that, you just lose yourself. It's um,
6: so, but it's
0: down to everybody's personal preference.
6: That's brilliant. So um, when you are on these tours, one of the main things I always like to do when I'm on holiday is, you know, get to know the local people and um, experience things through their eyes as such and just hear some of their stories about, about the area because there's nothing better than hearing it from their horse's mouth as such. Um, do you, within your tours, do you include, um, you know, interaction with local people and how, how does it work with both your tours if you start with you, Stu.
1: Yeah, Noel, as we touched on earlier, um, we've got local guides. And I think no one can show you uh, a country or a city better than someone that lives there. In the same way that if you've got a friend coming to stay with you and they're not from your part of the world, you'll show them and you'll say, oh, you need to try this food. You need to go to this beach. You know, you know the area, which I think is really nice. And so it's quite often unscripted, I guess would be the word, moments on our trips where the CEO, the local guide will say, Oh look, it's um, it's a there's a festival tomorrow, and my whole family's getting together in the garden, and there's going to be fireworks or you know local food, and you'll find yourself in the situation which we could never put on the itinerary, you know these unscripted moments which are the ones that you really end up remembering, and and like I said, because they're just so unplanned, you just you'd never find them on an itinerary. Um, I guess interwoven with that, we have a lot of social enterprise projects that people visit, and so they're the ones where we're finding a way to give back through tourism. Um, our ethos is that travel can be the greatest form of wealth distribution the world has ever seen, which means people visiting foreign countries, you know, they get to go and have a local meal um, at a project we've set up. They get to meet the people there, try the food, and that kind of stimulates you know, their economy as well, um, which we think is really important. So that gives these unique opportunities for touch points with locals where you get to meet them as well.
6: Brilliant. And you so do you have some interaction with locals involved in your tours? Yeah,
0: um, we also have local guides. So we have a tour manager and often separate local guides as well that join us throughout the tour to tell us all those little hidden secrets and um, maybe um, get involved in the cooking classes that we do or wine tasting. And, you know, in, in Vietnam, we even do the noodle making as well. Um, but Stu mentioned the local projects and uh, social enterprises, and we're part of the same uh, wider family. So, like Stu, we actually support many of those projects as well, and and we have the same belief um, that giving back to the local communities and um, and, and letting our, letting our customers experience these startup businesses that the locals have started is just a unique experience, and again, something that can take back. It's really important as um to get involved with the local communities and work with them and give back to the places that we're visiting as part of tourism.
5: Oh that's brilliant. I think as well a lot of people sometimes assume that tours can be quite expensive, but when you actually break it down of what you get included um, and if you break it down as if you were booking it all separately, they really are worth it. And you'll find as well, I think that with the tours, you get those money can't buy experiences. Like Sue said, things will happen that you can't put in an itinerary and you wouldn't experience anywhere else. Do you guys sort of agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're, we fall into this trap of seeing the cost of a flight and the cost of a hotel and thinking that's the cost of my trip. Whereas, you know, and you might see that number on paper and think, well, it's cheaper for me just to fly to Peru and then book a hotel for a week. You know, how can that be any different to what this company is offering? But in reality, it's all those, you know, little experiences that you mentioned. You know, it's the little buses that you take to to visit um, local communities, things like that. That if you tried to do yourself, yes, perhaps you could do it cheaper. But you know, are you going to be able to speak Spanish and get the local bus? You know, and all the additional time that you're going to put into you know, finding those experiences, if, if you can even, you know, find them to begin with, um, I think is certainly worth kind of having that all bundled up, knowing that someone's escorting you through that country and really helping you as well, especially where there's language barriers.
0: Yeah, I'd agree as well. With you. I think when you break down each component and you look at what's included and you look at those experiences that you really can't buy yourself, if, or if you did, you'd probably have to be on a big waiting list for it um you know i mentioned the taj mahal sunrise not everybody can just walk in and do that so that's a really special experience for us and like Stu with indeed adventures travel sphere and just Stu. we've woven all of these unique experiences into the tours so that that they have our customers and everybody will have an experience like no other as well and i think if you just look at the benefits of everything that's included um, for Travelsphere and Just You, we always um, include the flights. There is an option to take the flights out if you want. So you book it as a whole package. And nowadays that's really important to book things as a package. to have happy protection, guarantees, and that's really, really important that people understand that by booking something as a package, they know that their money is protected as well. So, but there's the option to be flexible and not have the flights if you've got air miles and you want to do that as well. Um, but it really is looking at what you want to do, breaking it down, and looking actually could you really put that together yourself? It would take a long time. So why don't you just leave it to the experts to do it? That's my advice.
6: Yeah, great advice, definitely. You know it best, so you should take advice from the experts. Um, I wanted to ask about, you mentioned that obviously it's not just for old people, it's not just for backpackers, but what about um, families? Do you offer any sort of um, packages for, you know, typical, mum, dad, um, and two kids, or or anything like that? Are there families getting involved in touring?
1: Uh, yeah, Yeah, I'll start with that. Yeah, we've got a range of trips that we've started with National Geographic um, and National Geographic family journeys. And really the idea of that is to inspire the younger generation to be travelers, not tourists you know um, my kids aren't that age yet but i would love to take them away to some of these far-flung destinations and know that they're on that trip with other like-minded kids as well so that's what's really important on these family trips it's not a babysitting service where you can drop your kids off and you go to the Maldives Mm -hmm. it's that it's families traveling together so um if anyone that's got kids will appreciate you know that they, they have a lot of energy and they require a lot of interaction have a lot of questions so you know on those trips with this other kids on the trips Um, There is adjoining rooms and there's two of our local guides because they're going to have lots of questions about what's that bird, what's that bird,
4: how how, how long, how
1: long until we get to the next stop? (laughs) (laughs)
4: Sarah,
6: do you have uh, family tours with Travelsphere? Travelsphere is really is for adult adults,
0: um, really. So it's couples and we do have singles as well. Um, But Just You is open age, so we welcome anybody of any age to travel on a Just You holiday. It is slightly more mature, um, but saying that, like I mentioned earlier, we get a whole range of different people just wanting to have that experience. And each year that we um, operate, we see the average age moving down and down and down for solo travel. I think nearly half the population is um, solo now, so um, it's really interesting to see this area grow and how people travel. But what we do, we've got a sister brand of G Adventures that specialise in families. So we'll leave the experts to it and we'll be the experts in solo travel and couples.
5: <laughs> Amazing. I've got a question actually in terms of what people can expect with accommodation and food. So with the food, are they going to be experiencing local dishes when they're away?
1: Uh, um, yeah. Absolutely.
5: Oh, God!
0: Do you
1: want to go first, You You'd say your bit. I was just going to say it's really a combination of both. You know, as Sarah mentioned earlier, all the meals aren't included um, on a lot of our trips. So, you know, what that means is if you've been in Italy for a week and you just don't want pasta and pizza, you know, you want a burger or you want Chinese or something, then that's completely fine. You know, to have that flexibility of, you know, you've had the local cuisine in that part of the world, but maybe you just want something. You know comfort food you know something that um, you're familiar with for is something completely different so yeah that whole variety. Um, I remember having a lot of chili cheese in Bhutan which is a national dish Um, but after you've had that for five days sometimes you just want a bowl of chips.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: And um, Travisphere and just you, the majority of our hotels are four-star Um, And a lot of our hotels that we work with tend to be family operated ones, ones that we've worked with for years and years and years. So we've got really great relationships with them. And whenever anybody arrives at the hotels, they just treat them like an extended part of our family, which is great. And um, make local dinners for them. So it's like making big pasta dishes, the whole group, and it's like dining as one great big family. Um, But then a lot of the tours that we do um, allow things like maybe a barbecue in the Outback in Australia, or it might be balsamic vinegar tasting in um, Italy as well. Um, and I mentioned the noodles as, as part of that. So um, we include some meals, but we absolutely encourage anybody to taste the local cuisine. And, um, you know, our customers love the wine tasting as well. It tends to be a highlight of any with wine tasting in. Um, which just don't blame them. <laughs> But I'm foodie myself, so um, when you see all the pictures in our brochures or online, it really starts to make your mouth water and think, all right, okay, can I be um, my own Nigella in the kitchen tonight and make those
5: dishes? (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a question in terms of accommodation. in terms of the hotels that are offered, are people available to upgrade on the star rating where applicable? Um, I know when we did our jungle trek, you can't really upgrade from hammocks and bunk beds in the jungle. Um, but if it is applicable, can people kind of upgrade their star rating of hotel if they choose to?
1: Uh, not traditionally, no. Only because we want to keep the um, the group together. Um, we have had people in the past say, oh, look, I'd really like to stay at this hotel, and we just kind of, I guess, advise against it, if only because they might be in a foreign country, you know, we just want to make sure everyone kind of sticks together, I guess, that way we can say, meet downstairs in five minutes and everyone will be available. But um, while we're on accommodation, it, you know, it raises an interesting point because we stay in GERS in Mongolia, if you're there on one of those trips, and that could very easily be described as basic. But I think most people will accept basic accommodation for a night or two if it's somewhere completely unique. You know, there is not a really nice hotel right next door. You know, you're in this Mongolian girl, um or yurt, is, as some, they're sometimes called, um, and that's part of the experience. So I think people are often quite happy to forego some of the modern mod cons for a night or two just to have that kind of Instagrammable, you know, moment that they can share with with friends
5: i definitely agree with that it 100 percent makes the experience when you're doing something like that so i definitely agree
0: mm-hmm. um and for us we're pretty much the same as Stu. you know it's a group travel experience so every we don't tend to offer um necessarily upgrades on the hotel but there might be room upgrades within the hotel that's available for them and um, to take on but you know traveling as part of a group is all about the shared experience and um and getting to know one another as well, so I think it's um we'd like to keep everybody together but like I said, we really do have great relationships with all our hoteliers and I know that gym do have great relationships as well so we pride ourselves in the accommodation that we give
4: well, well thank you very much for debugging some of those myths and because we've throughout that um everyone's mentioned a lot of their own experiences. Um, we've all been on it from the travel podcast team we went to Colombia and did a trek to the lost city which was a complete eye-opener and game-changer for everyone it is one of those which is uh, with G Adventures more of the adventure side Um, it was hard we had a lot of people as long as you trained could do it it wasn't exhausting as such it was just you needed to be prepared mentally and physically but it was probably one of the best things I've ever done and like you were saying earlier Stu the getting away and just being away from technology being around the social group we all in the evenings were playing cards I know the girls can uh Jules and Lauren can bring in their side of it as well can you we talk about it before this podcast so it just brings back memories and we were um looking at photos reminiscing and bringing back such good times what did you say Jules?
6: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a once in a in a lifetime trip as such. But I think something that's not mentioned so much on touring, it actually really you it changes you as a person. Um, because I think you come back from some of these experiences and like you said, you have integrated with locals, you've lived as they live, and you've really been immersed in the country that you're exploring. So you do come back and kind of think. You know, oh, I don't need to be spending so much money on all this material this goods. Um, I just think, um, yeah, with the touring, just the everlasting effects of just you know, which you might not get so much from a bucket and spade holiday. Um, but yeah, because it's all about the experience, and like you said, the people that you you share the experience with, you you create a sort of bond, and and again, that's another lasting experience from from these tours. Um, So yeah, we just had the most amazing time. What would you say, Stu, is your favorite tour that you've done?
1: I've been in, in, it's a difficult question, I've been incredibly fortunate to travel a lot, um, Antarctica and the Arctic, Um, but probably my um, kind of favorite experience most recently was last year to Bhutan. And I referenced Bhutan earlier when we were talking but the reason is that it's a bit of a time capsule and there's not many places you can go in the world now and not have phone signal and not see you know iPads and see all modern cons but they've made a decision over there where they all the buildings have to look the way they did 200 years ago and uh, I really think if you took away the power lines and took a photo or just looked at the scene you would think you'd gone back 200 years and I really like that you know despite the superpowers that are surrounding the country they've remained quite true to themselves and uh, i really like there's still places you can go in the world where you don't feel like you know you could just be anywhere else because there's a lot of cities in the world you could walk down and they would feel like clones of other cities you know um, as as the whole world kind of becomes quite similar but i really liked that the unique culture that they're embracing and um and just lastly they all wear the national dress not on one day of the year you know on a national holiday but they always wear the national dress so it's like going to scotland and seeing everyone in skilts it's in kilts all the <laughs> time it's it's really nice actually yeah that's probably my favorite travel experience of late
6: brilliant what are you, about you sarah what's been a highlight on one of your tours um i think for me um it was the
0: croatia cruise that we do so i think a lot of people think a tour is um from hotel to hotel unpacking and you're on a coach, like we mentioned before. Um, we actually charter a yacht that sails around the coast of Croatia. And you sell, you call in in all the little um, coastal towns. And um, there's always a breakfast there, lovely laid out. And there's about 30 to 35, 36 of you, 35 of you, sorry, on the boat. Um, you disembark in the morning, go for a wander around the town. And I'm a bit of a Game of Thrones fan as well, so you get to see some of where that was filmed. So that's pretty amazing. And then, um, you know, some of the dinners are included, but it's nice to be as well docked up in the evening so you can just go off for dinner somewhere local. And just, um, it's just a different type of travel experience that isn't what a stereotypical, I think, or a misconception of what people think a tour is. Um, And one of the best things um, that that I've done is to sail in a a kayak um, around the Dubrovnik walls, just as the sun was setting. So I know, Jules, you mentioned changing, change your life. It's quite an emotional experience as well, that you come back and you can describe it to somebody and, you know, to do it justice, you almost have to go back and do it again. So that's, I think that's one that I would do again. Um, but I've got lots of places on my list to go to yet. So, um, actually, the student in Bhutan is one of those. So. I think- um,
4: yeah, I think, um, like you said, there is with I, I I have a lot of places that I want to travel. I love traveling, um, and I think a tour for some of those destinations for me would be one of the best ways of seeing it. Being able to go, especially to um, somewhere like Bhutan or Mongolia or the Silk Road, you know, be able to take in so many different countries and cultures in one go, but have the security of having that ceo or the tour guide there who speaks the local dialects because trying to do that on your own yeah you can do it um and i probably if if i had the time i wouldn't mind doing it on my own um or but at the same time the security side of it of trying to go and get something i know the local people will be so friendly but i think it's just having having that there and be able to see so much in one go is something that i loved about our trip of when we went to colombia and getting that local culture and our CEOs, because it was a a G trip, were um, Julian and Miguel were absolutely brilliant. And uh, uh, Julian, who was the indigenous. So we had uh, two indigenous, People actually take us to the Lost City. So on the way, they would stop and talk to us about what their culture is, what the huts meant. Um, We got to meet some of the elders, learn about their culture. They'd show us how they make um, uh, use the plant life to then create their clothing and demonstrate how they did it. So being able to have that, which is something that you wouldn't get if you did it on your own as well um yeah. and also they were absolute machines that they were walking uh, they could probably walk that walk in a day it'd take us five but they could get there and back in a day they're absolute units but it was just amazing and i they joined in with the group which we were just in hysterics um but like you all said it's, it's that building that bond a lot of us knew each other before we went but we came back even closer and and our last night was probably one of my, my favorite favorite nights and um I know Lauren wants to mention stuff about the tour, so I'll, I'll, I'll hand over to her so she can talk about her experience as well. But that, yeah, the last night, we'll always I always remember that for for the laughter. We it took us hours to get to sleep, and we kept waking up everyone else. But it was just hysterical. like one person would almost go to sleep, and then someone started laughing again. It was just contagious. But I think it was just that everyone got so close to each other that it was just an a, a unbelievable experience. I loved it. Sorry, Lauren, hand
5: no 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 it's fine i definitely agree with you the atmosphere that we had in a group was just amazing we did not stop laughing from the moment we woke up until the moment we eventually got to sleep it was just like being school kids again everything was so funny and we even had a jungle playlist that we listened to and sang along to on our track um, and like Matthew said, even our CEO and our Indigenous guides, you know, there's a bit of a language barrier. They still got involved and had a massive laugh with us. Um, and I don't think anything can beat that bond that we all made. Everyone was cheering each other on at each hurdle. And even when I came back, it was so weird not having everyone. I kept messaging Jules asking if I could go for a sleepover because I just spent so many nights in the jungle with her. And um, I don't think anything can beat it, honestly. It was just the best experience we've ever had.
6: Stu, you mentioned um, in Bhutan they don't have any, um, you know, signal or anything. But it was quite um, crazy for us when we went into the jungle, in the middle of the jungle, and he's got a little shack and he's got, you know, a few bottles of water, but he's also got Wi-Fi. That was quite, um, quite incredible.
1: (laughs) I remember seeing pictures of, because you guys had uh, a bit of rain, I remember seeing pictures of people slipping and sliding in the mud and the laughter it's probably you lauren in the video but i remember seeing it's just the laughter of people falling over in the mud normally you'd be like oh no i've fallen over but i think you're all just laughing at each other as
4: you slipped over i generally
5: got abs from laughing from that trip
4: (laughs) it it was hard when you're laughing you're trying to go up a hill that was that was difficult (laughs) but i think that was probably my favorite my favorite day it's probably the most difficult in the flight same because the environment but it was stunning being in the jungle during a thunderstorm is there's nothing like it i mean i've been fortunate enough to be in Florida quite often and see the thunderstorms in the Caribbean and in Florida is something to behold. The amount of lightning that comes down, but being out in the wilderness and seeing it there was, uh, yeah, take your breath away. Uh, it was absolutely stunning. Loved it. And like you said, the, the mudslides were. we all laughing. And I think that again brought us closer together because it was such a it obviously was it was it was a struggle, but I think it brought us together and I know it obviously not all touring is like that, but that's obviously the ones we've experienced ourselves um and i but i like I was saying like the Silk Road one or even potentially somewhere like in the deep south of America, jumping on a on a group tour there and getting to see quite a lot and you don't have to worry about driving yourself um and that's I think another thing especially when you're going and covering quite a lot of distance, I think with the tours is someone else can do that for you so you can go and enjoy Mm. a glass of wine or a bottle um at dinner and not have to worry about being up and driving you know you can just let go and enjoy yourself because you know you've got that someone there to do that for you um and yeah i just think it's Uh, such a such a great 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 way to see your destination and with that so if that's it. If from the larger groups or uh, and even you do when, when someone is going around a somebody certain destination it has got museums, if they wanted to go off and do that, is that something that if it wasn't part of the itinerary but you were in the town for the day, they'll be able to go and go and do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know there um, there is flexibility and freedom in the tour, so there might be a tour for a day where it just takes you to a shuttle. Sorry, excursion for the day takes you on a shuttle to the local town and you've got your whole day to do whatever you want there. So some people might just choose to sit in a square, drink uh, red wine and eat tapas, or somebody else might actually want to go around a local cathedral or a museum. So yeah, absolutely, there's always um, that freedom and choice. And I think everything that you've, you've just talked about, about your experience with G Adventures, is just about the shared experience of a group tour and actually the benefits of travelling together and how the you do get a bond um, from traveling together but you do have so much laughter and you do have so much fun and you create those memories and you come home and you know i can hear the excitement when you're talking about the the amazing experiences that you had and you just came back feeling like it has changed your life and that's amazing and it's great to hear so i'm glad to hear we're all doing the right thing <laughs> <laughs>
6: Definitely, and um, you mentioned a good point there, um, Matthew. One of the massive benefits of going on an escorted tour with you guys or, or many of the other companies is the safety aspect. Um, and obviously, you you look after your your clients really, really well. Do you? Ha- and that's something you definitely need to consider before you go. Um, is there any other like top tips or anything you would give um, to maybe first time tourers of what to look for in a tour or anything else they should consider before booking? Um, yeah, I think um, probably Stu's got
0: some and I've got some, so together we can create the perfect top tip list.
3: Um,
0: so I think for me, I would be thinking, right, what do I want to see? What do I want to do? What's on my booking list? Um, and I would, do I want to live off the beaten track or actually do I want to be a little bit more looked after in a hotel? So I would, there's always a company out there to help you. And across Travelsphere, Just Geo Adventures, we hope that that is one of those brands. Um, but there's something for everybody. Um, and I've the, I mentioned earlier, and I've mentioned it a few times, the group size. Who do you want to travel with and how many people? And how does that feel for you? Um, if you've got your bucket list and you know what you want to see, just make sure it's included, or at least it's an optional extra. So I'd really study the itineraries to make sure you're happy with them. Yeah. And, um, and for um, me, we're we going back and looking about if you're are you um, are you protected uh, through the atoll and ABTA schemes and, and, and other schemes as well. So that's really important. Um, and that would be my top tips. What would be yours, Jo?
1: Yeah, all of those. I'll, I'll have all of those, please, and um, yes. a sp- okay. and a, sprink- and a sprinkling of um, just get in touch with our companies, you know, like I know at G, uh, every staff member gets a free trip every year. It's just a, a work perk that we have to deal with. It's very
6: difficult.
1: But that means if you're really not sure about that destination, you're not sure about that tour, is it right for you? Just give us a call and there's a good chance if that person hasn't been on that trip then maybe the person next to them has and they can just talk you through what it's like because i think you read the itinerary and you you know come up with your own idea of how that's going to run but like i said earlier with the unscripted moments there's quite often things that you know like oh no what we normally do is we normally do this it's not in the itinerary but you know you're going to have this great experience because on day three we we tend to do this and um as uh, as i think sarah covered earlier like their local guides have their own little quirks their own little secrets you know, which um we might we might let you in on, or we might just say day three will be exciting because we want you to be
6: surprised
4: <laughs> oh amazing, I think I'm gonna ask Jules yourself obviously from going away and doing more of an adventurous um tour what would you and and open to you as well um lauren, what would you what would your top tip? be after go what you packed or what you did first and then coming back
6: well that was going to be my top tip Matthew your packing list that is very important um I just like I just studied it very well we looked at I think touring you do need to do that little bit more research and um, There's loads of things out there like YouTube videos and clips and blogs. Um, so you can really delve into some of these tours and, and get a real insight before you're even on the trip. So do your research and get your packing right.
5: I'd like to about your packing. However, don't overpack, which is definitely something that I did because our trek was five days. I think I wore the same outfit throughout all of it. Don't carry extra stuff if you're doing something like something like that. You don't need it. And also, if you're deciding on a tour, like Joel said, check out the YouTube videos, the blogs, and stuff on it. But also, if it's something you want to do, don't overthink it. Just do it because you will absolutely mm-hmm. love it, no doubt.
4: Mm-hmm. I agree. So, some.
6: Got any top tips, Matthew, for touring?
4: Um, all of the above, and I, I suppose it's also depending on what tour you're doing. Uh. Is making sure footwear is normally a good one, depending on what you where you are. Obviously, if you're going onto a onto a boat like Lauren say you don't really need to pack that much if you're enjoying sailing around the Seychelles or the Maldives, um some flip-flops and swimwear. But if you're doing a, something a bit more robust, even if it's a, a group tour around um around Italy or a city, you know, I'd say footwear is probably one of the and socks would be the key thing, making sure you always have from our experience, enough socks for each day because our socks did get wet and um, I did have them hang, dangling off. Like I, I rotated them, so I only took two pairs because I thought that's all I need. It's going to be quite dry. Um, so each day, one got if, if it got wet, I'd then dangle the others off the back to try and dry off in the sunshine. So my top tip is look after your feet because you're going to be exploring a lot. So that, that's that's where I, what I'd say. Um, and I mean, I think that's, just one one last thing before we sort of wrap up um this episode we've discussed so much of the touring world um what I want to do just from each of you is just sort of round up why you think someone would choose a touring holiday i know we've sort of we've mentioned it throughout but for you why do you think someone would choose a touring holiday so if i come to you first sarah
0: um I think um, you should choose the touring holiday because life's too short, let somebody else take the hassle out of it and let somebody look after you and seek advice from your local travel agent, from the um, online websites, um, from um, calling up the call centres, whatever that may be, talk to experienced people, learn about the destination and just embrace that like-minded shared
6: experience.
4: Go for it. And Jules?
6: Um mine would be to I, I would recommend going to make new friends. And you can definitely make loads of new friends, whether they be locals or other people that you're on the tour with. And like you said, like um Stu mentioned earlier, you're on this tour with like minded people because they all want to experience adventure and they all wanna uh, experience new new places. So you'd I say go and make some new friends.
4: Perfect. And, and going on to yourself, Stu.
1: Yeah, um, like we touched on earlier, I think, why would you pick a tour? I think um, local local knowledge. Like I said, if a, if your friend comes to stay with you, you show them around, you know the area best. So, you know, if you're off to Mongolia, off to Italy, off to New York, who better than a local to show you around? And um, I think you touched on it, um, Juliet, saying, well, an, uh, an experience shared is an experience, well, doubled really you know amplified when you have all these extra people with you and as Sarah said earlier you don't have to take the selfie you can have someone take that picture of you and not be in fear they're going to run off with your phone um, (laughs) because because they're on the same trip with you as you
4: Uh, and Laurie
5: Um, I kind of echo what Stu said for those experiences that you're just not going to get if you do it yourself you know you could be walking down a road by yourself looking at the scenery but if you've got a local guide with you you're going to see and learn about these things that you wouldn't necessarily know about. So definitely for the experiences, hundred percent.
4: Perfect. And why I say someone should choose a touring holiday to be able to, I'd say to see lots of a destination in, in one holiday, you know, whether it be meeting the local people, seeing things that you would not see if you went and stayed in a hotel, trying to do it yourself, going and getting those unexpected um experiences from a CEO, maybe going seeing local fireworks or going to local dance hall and learning some um salsa in Bogota. Thing things like that I think is why someone should choose a touring holiday. Um so diverse but I just want to say a massive thank you for all of you for for joining us today and taking the time out to to really help people. I think everyone listening will be able to now think of touring And think of it for a next trip and and where they would be able to find which is best for them.
2: So there we go. Did you change your mind about what adventure holidays or small group touring holidays was all about? I reckon you did, because that was an amazing episode. Big thanks to Matthew, Jules, Lauren, Stu, and Sarah for what uh, what was a brilliant episode. So I had five takeaways from today. Actually, there was loads, but I've sort of written down five that I thought were absolutely brilliant. So in no particular order, and I'm sure you've got your own, here are my top five. Number one. You don't need to be bare grills to go on an adventure holiday. There's something for everyone. Uh, now, whether it's sort of the more sedate level one through to the more adventurous level five type of uh, adventure trips, there really is something for everyone from a sort of slow pace to the fast pace. There really is something for everybody. Number two. It's not big groups. You don't have to be put off by the concept of, sort of walking around these big city centres with following someone with a flag or an umbrella. That's not the concept. These are friendly small groups where you can really have a laugh and get to know people or just be yourself. Number three is less commercialised. It's, sort of uh, it's not all about big structure. Uh, with these tours, there's a lot of flexibility built into them. I think it was Sarah that said, it's the unscripted moments that you're going to remember. You're not going to get that from big commercialised group tours. You're going to get them from these small, intimate, small group tours. Number four... You get to see the world differently. You get to go behind the scenes. You get local advice. And that's one of the key things. When I go traveling, I love to see the things which are less commercial. Or you find a local who knows the experience of you know what's the great place to see. Where do the locals go? That's the sort of things you get to do on these holidays. It's not all about the commercial hype it's going on big bus tours. It's about going behind the scenes. And number five, there is a lot of flexibility which sort of links in with what I've said earlier, but the, the unscripted moments. But even those, these are organized tours, there is a lot of flexibility to suit what you, you want to do, the type of accommodation you like, the type of trips you like to go on. So the best thing is check out these guys' websites. The links are in the show notes, like Matthew said. Uh, have a think about you know what do you really want from a holiday you don't have to always do the fly and flop do something a little bit different at least once per year and this is a brilliant way of doing it so big thanks to everyone in today's show it was a great one if you'd like more details check out our show notes on the website uh, or you can obviously listen to us again If you liked what you heard, please leave us a a nice five-star review on iTunes or your chosen podcast app, um, and please subscribe. If you haven't already done so, hit subscribe, and this will download automatically to your smartphone, smart speaker, and you can listen again nice and easily. Also, do feel free to recommend this to a friend. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us, and we will speak to you again soon.
3: The Travel Podcast is sponsored by Not Just Travel, where it's not just travel, it's a way of life. We hope you liked this podcast, and if you did, please tell your friends, but also take a moment to rate us on iTunes as it helps spread the word.
2: Thanks for listening.